feeling lost and alone, looking for validation from your partner only to find the feeling of rejection and continued frustration, you're together yet so far apart. Now your frustration has turned into disdain and resentment. Your insecurities have begun to affect every aspect of your life. Ironically, you have now become the cold and detached one, shielding yourself from the uncertainties of your relationships. Dr. April Brown has created Bringing Intimacy Back, a series of discussions that are designed to help you reclaim what you have lost along the way. Dr. April will help you rediscover and reconnect to the intimate relationship your heart so desires. Go to www.bringingintimacyback.com today and let the healing begin. Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back show. My name is Dr. April Brown, and on this show, at Bringing Intimacy Back, intimacy is real. And on this show, we aim to help you increase the intimate connections you have with your significant others, children, family, friends, business, networks, community, and even your higher power. We give you the secret power to intimacy, to create a life you love, or the life or the love, the life you create. So on today's show, I want to welcome one of my dearest, dearest colleague and also a good friend who knows a lot about intimacy. Because on this show today, we're going to talk about a variety of different topics of intimacy. And his name is Dr. Jason. Welcome, Dr. Jason. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Thank you very much. Yes, yes. So Dr. Jason's actually the president of and CEO of Edified Creative Counseling Group, and he's a licensed clinical pastoral counselor. And he has a master's in business, um, an MBA in business leadership. He holds a doctorate in pastoral psychology, and he's also certified as prepared and rich facilitator specializing in premarital and marriage counseling. He's also the host of a new show that we're going to learn about on the mental health news network called The Minority Report. So welcome, Dr. And how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yes. So today you and I are going to have this conversation about intimacy. And I want all our listeners out there who are listening, if you have a question or if you want to call in, feel free to call us with number 1-888-627-6008. So for intimacy, I guess let's start off with the basics. Um, Dr. Jason, how do you define intimacy? Um, well, you know, before I get into that, um, I think we got to give a little credit where it's due. Um you know, you are somebody who I consider to be an authority in intimacy. And because of your research and your work, um, I personally have gained a deeper understanding and appreciation for intimacy. So uh, for that reason, I just want to kind of give credit where it's due and say thank you, Dr. April, for your work in this field, in this okay. area. Um, as far as intimacy, um, it, I define it as an act of transparency. Um, it requires discipline. You know, with whom or whatever you're trying to be intimate with, it definitely has to be some type of discipline. Um, Intimacy amongst couples really involves a mutually consensual relationship where two individuals reciprocate feelings of trust, uh, emotional and physical close. uh, I'm sorry, emotional and physical closeness towards each other. 
Um, intimacy, it's, it's, it's about stripping yourself down and being open, uh, being transparent as much as possible, um, which, you know, definitely will benefit the relationship. Yes, I love how you in put in the words um, transparency. Yeah. And, uh, yes, um, I've seen someone even describe intimacy as intimacy you see, and which brings into that transparency, you know, that we can um, connect and be um, see each other in ways that other people cannot see. But you also put in this word discipline. Yes. Yeah. So as we're all curious, what exactly do you mean by discipline? Well, you know, as with anything, I think in life to be successful requires discipline, requires you to do it consistently. Um, intimacy in a relationship is just not a one-time thing. You just can't be intimate one time on a level. You know, it, it requires work, it requires discipline. Getting up every day and sometimes putting your yourself aside, your pride, your ego, for the betterment of the relationship. You know, it, it requires work, and that's what I meant by discipline. Now, in addition, uh, one of the biggest problems a lot of couples have with intimacy is the fear of intimacy. Uh, it's a real struggle. The struggle is real, as they say, uh, with a lot of these individuals. Um, you know, and this can be caused from abandonment issues. This can be caused from uh, fear of rejection, control issues. Um, a lot of uh, people have the inability to express themselves. And when you express yourselves, you assume that your partner can read your mind um, you know, these type of things really become a hindrance and a, an obstacle for people trying to develop relationship. Um, I'm sorry, develop intimacy in their relationship. Yeah, definitely. And I'm glad that you mentioned about the fear of intimacy and how sometimes I don't know from my experience in working with couples, many times this starts way back when, when they're just starting to develop. And on the show, we are talking about a variety of different intimacy, but you kind of mentioned a little bit of reference um, attachment. And I, from my research and from working with couples, many times if you struggle in intimacy, it's because you've have grown up or haven't really had an intimate connections with a parent or someone, and that's a struggle there. Right. You see that in the sense of the attachment? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Um... A lot of uh, adults' problems with intimacy will stem from childhood, those early ages, those early years, which are so impactful. Um, you know, parents who are intimate with their children as far as communicating, you know, uh, being there uh, emotionally, most importantly, um, you know, they help these um, kids to grow up to be people who can be functional in a relationship. And mm -hmm. right now we're seeing a lot of dysfunction. <laughs> a lot of it, so... Um, but yeah, definitely, it, it definitely affects it from an early age. Right, and that, and as you're seeing, we're seeing a lot of dysfunction. Part of it could be um, as kids are growing up, they're not really intimately connecting with their parents or with colleagues because of some of all the social media, the technology. I mean, do you think that plays a role in the sense of how much time a kid spends on technology? Absolutely. Uh, and how they later on develop friendships and stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, the video game uh, era has taken things to another level. My daughter plays Fortnite, but it's not it's not a, a consistent basis, you know, but uh, definitely social media has really put a wedge between a lot of people. A mm -hmm. lot of people are socially awkward. They just don't know how to communicate. Um, just look at the, um, you know, 
I'm one of those people like I prefer to talk to people. Text messages can get really out of control, and that's the way we communicate. Everything is a message, uh, uh, you know, quick text or whatever, and there's just not any more intimacy. So, you know, when when I started, you know, observing your work and 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 constantly, one thing about you is, if you know Dr. April, you're going to hear about intimacy. Um, is you know, it's just a better understanding. We need to inject this back in society. But most imp- most importantly, parents have to start with their kids. You got to form that 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 basis of thinking before they leave the house, because they're just growing up to be uh, incapable of being intimate uh, as they as they become adults. Right, right. They rely on the technology. Oh yeah. Um, as a way of communication, many times, yeah. or many times, they even have a hard time just having a basic conversation. Yes. 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 Very true. Yes, yes. So um, one of the things I want you to think about uh, before we go on our little break here for mm-hmm. two minutes to talk about our sponsor um, is the sense of communication intimacy. And like you mentioned, people communicate through text. So I want you to think about um, from your experience <laughs> in the sense of working with couples, how effective is communication when you're having a disagreement when you're trying to um, communicate to your partner about things emotionally, how effective is texting? Okay. We'll be right back to talk with Dr. Jason on that topic matter. And right now I want to go talk about our sponsor. We have a sponsor, Gabrielle Chocolate, which is, as you know, chocolate is really good. Not only that, it makes you feel better, in the sense of something sweet on your mouth, but dark chocolate, of course, has a lot of health benefits. So Gabrielle Chocolates and Confections, they're here in Cape Coral, and they're located on Hancock Bridge Parkway, and they are just beautiful. I've tasted some of their chocolate. She specially designs it to whatever kind of events you have, and they mix flavors, and they're the ones you should go to in Cape Coral. Thank you so much, Gabrielle, for sponsoring this show. All right, so now we're back to Dr. Jason. Dr. Jason, what we just left off was about being intimate through texting. Oh. Is that, and I'm, as I'm saying that word, I'm just even saying, can you really be intimate with texting? Yeah, it doesn't even make sense. No, don't even go together. No, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. So what, what's your, theory on communication, intimacy, and texting? I, I think it, it's probably out of the numerous forms of intimacy, um, and a lot of these you have brought to my attention. Um, I would say communication is the one that couples really need to focus on first. Um, communication is such a important aspect of a relationship. It really will set the tone of the direction or, you know, as far as It'll be the compass that's going to guide this relationship, either in the right direction or the wrong direction. Um, and as we move into a society where we're actually communicating less, even though the, the, the speed of communication has picked up, but the actual communication hasn't picked up amongst people. Uh, through technology, you know, we can communicate faster, but the, the real intimacy and in communicating with people has been lost. So with couples... Um, you know, it's really important for them to focus on it. I think that is, is a good place for them to start. And um, 
communication intimacy is obviously about communicating, about talking about those things that you may not tell anybody else. You know, if you're going to tell somebody, it might as well be this person. You know, that's where they're in your life. So I know men um, and and some women, uh, you know, because I study uh, people through temperaments, but uh, most men have an issue with communication and and really divulging and, and letting people in because uh, a certain aspect of vulnerability starts to set in with a lot of men, and they feel as though the more they communicate, the more vulnerable uh, they are. And you know, in in some cases, you will um, you may end up with somebody who may actually use that against you once you open up. And I think you know a lot of people really uh, need to communicate much more effectively, especially in relationships. I think it's very important. Yes. Yeah, so as you're talking about that, men have a hard time. Um, being vulnerable, I guess, probably because many times um, they come from more, our minds are different. Right. Yes, yes, yes. So what is your, what are some tips for men who are struggling in communicating with another? Well, um, in my experience, one thing I've I've seen where, you know, when when a man attempts to find an outlet, um, he has, you know, he has to be very careful. Um, certain, you know, friends are there for certain things, but a lot of times, you know, a, a guy's not going to open up to a friend because, uh, you know, it's not unbiased. And okay. you know, the first thing I really think, if you are a man and you're having a problem opening up, um, if you have, if you're in a relationship and you can't even talk to the person you're with, at that point, you really want to seek a, a outside party, somebody who's neutral. You know, who can really mm-hmm. understand and help you and listen to your problems object- objectively without, you know, uh, criticizing you or, or holding anything against you. So that is one of the first areas. But, you know, it, 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 men have to get there first. That's the problem. You got to get to the point where you realize, OK, I, I need help. You know, I need assistance. Um, I, I, I love this woman. Uh, she's the best thing ever happened to me. And I cannot tell her my, my, my secrets. I can't tell her how I'm feeling today. You know, say if I... You know, some men, sometimes things go bad. You just want to cry. You just want to yell or scream or do something emotionally. And, you know, we hide behind this tough exterior, you know, this this macho, uh, you know, ego type of, uh, I call it a mask, uh, where, you know, we don't open up. We, we don't communicate. And if you don't communicate, there's no way intimacy, no, no form of intimacy, I think, will work if there's no communication. It's just it's so dependent upon communication. Uh, to have, uh, you know, intimacy in a relationship. Okay, yeah, and I'm, as I'm listening here, and um, I know that there's a question out there, mm-hmm. you know, from a man's perspective, or for even not just a man, some other people, you mentioned going to a third party, and they're like, oh my gosh, going to a pastor or going to a therapist, they're going to know my personal business, you know, or maybe I'm crazy if I go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, why go and have someone, a stranger who doesn't even know me, tell me something about my relationship? You know, that doesn't make sense. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, to some it doesn't. To, to, <laughs> it, it makes, How do you answer that question? Well, you know, first, I, I, think, I think there are people around us. Um, I think there's some good people in everybody's circle. Yes, and um, that if you look hard enough, you will find it. You know, you you can right, find right. somebody to talk to, but um, for some people, you know, they they have been burned by that. You know, so I know some people who have confided in 
family members and as soon as mm-hmm. something happens, they are their business all over the place and everybody knows about it. Um, so, you know, there, there, there's a there's a, a give and take in it. But um, I think it comes down to the individual. I think it really comes down to everybody operates and, and processes things differently. So um, the individual, who they are and maybe their past um, and maybe if the family, if your family's already dysfunctional, <laughs> you probably don't want to talk to somebody in the family and you probably seek outside help. Right, right. And I think the other important thing to for our audience members to know is that when you talk with family, they know everything. And so they can, they're biased. But when you talk with a professional, number one, it's confidential. Yes. So not going to, because um, we have ethics that we cannot go and talk about your um, situation. Yeah. So yeah, your personal situation. So it is kept there. Then this person is also um, non-biased because when you talk with family members and stuff, sometimes they're biased on whatever side. So that's one of the difference. And then also, if you're talking with a relationship therapist, such as Dr. Jason or myself, we've seen a lot of relationships and we've studied them, and we've done a lot of research, so we know what works and what doesn't work. So um, I think definitely thinking about those pros and, pros and cons and things really do help. And going back to um, communication intimacy, I don't know if one thing that sometimes I tell people, um, it's just the basics and times learn the basic communication, things of not using um, the word you, not you know being accusatory when you're like saying something about your feelings, you should really always start off with the I. Right. I um, also, yeah, trying, you know, of course, name calling doesn't work. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sometimes for females, I, I've told anyone who's very long winded, um, I've told them sometimes if they're emotional and stuff, write it down, write it down, write it all down, and then give the other person who may be more concrete um, a bullet list. Yeah. Sometimes I think people get lost in the story. Very yeah. Much. Yeah. Very- Yes. Yes. One of the things that I know Dr. Jason does, um, deals with is temperaments. And can you explain to us how temperaments impact intimacy? Absolutely. I thought you never asked. Um, (laughs) Okay. It was coming. (laughs) Uh, Temperaments really... um, will determine uh, the level of somebody being able to be transparent. Um, In my research and study with uh, individual temperaments, you come across individuals that just don't have a temperament of being able to express themselves. Um, Intimacy for them is going to be a lot more work. This type of person really has to get some type of intervention um, for them to really explore uh, intimacy on different levels. You know, there's a, there's a temperament known as the melancholy, um, very introverted, very to themselves, doesn't really express themselves um, very much. And intimacy is based on the feeling of being loved. I, I think it really has to be some kind of connection of love between um, the individuals to really feel intimacy. You can talk about it, but you have to feel it as well. You have to, it's, it's a feeling. Um, and when you, um, and knowing that some temperaments do not express uh, verbal love, they rather do tasks, they rather do things 
for the individual, but that individual might be somebody who's looking to hear, hey, I love you. You know, they want to, they want that verbal confirmation. Um, and even though you're trying to portray yourself as being loving and doing things to show your appreciation, it might be misconstrued by the other person because they're expecting it more of a, a verbal because based off their temperament, you know, they may have a way of responding. So, I've, you know, you really got to kind of look at the individual once again. Um, not everybody's the same. Not everybody's going to process things the same way or feel, feel about intimacy the same way. But, um, you know, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> you you got to start somewhere. So, you know, temperaments really helps helps me to get a to get past some of the blockages that really prevent people from becoming intimate as couples. So, you know, I get to lay everything out on the table and 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 break it down and break down their temperaments, and it's it's a pretty pretty good experience. Uh, I think. Yeah, I actually um, took the temperament test with Dr. Jason, my partner, and I, and it was interesting and in that you learn not only information about yourself, but you also learn information about your partner. Yeah. And so, like he says, yeah, the same thing. Um, I think something must have came up in my my thing that that I need to hear the verbal of "I love you" versus. Um, the actions are good, good stuff, but I also need to hear it. And so since we both did it, um, it was something now that he's like, okay, she really needs to hear it. And with the temperament test that you give, it not only helps through intimacy um, with a significant other, but there's also a variety of different types of intimacy. Yeah. And your temperament test also helped with intimacy overall in different aspects. Yeah. Because there's intimacy and how you connect with your employees, employers, and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's a great test to take. And, and you know, <laughs> and, uh, to, to piggyback on uh, what you were saying, uh, one of the coolest things about taking a personal temperament assessment is that, it, in, in essence, you're getting intimate with yourself, you know, first. And, and, that's, and that, that's a good thing about, at least, you know, how I do couples counseling is, you know, I believe that, uh, to make a beautiful picture, the indiv individual pieces have to fit. And, you know, when you take this assessment, you do get intimate with yourself, um, which I think is what is a very important uh, aspect of intimacy is you can't really expect to be intimate with somebody else if you don't really know who you are, uh, if you're not intimate with yourself. So uh, this assessment definitely uh, helps with that. So thank you for that. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes. And as we're talking about self-intimacy, the other aspect that I learned about myself was that I'm um, like, you put in there that I had to realize that no one works the way I work, <laughs> which has been very helpful um, in me keeping that in, my, in mind yes. of everything. Yeah. You are yes. You're so, all unique, very unique in, uh, in our own ways. So absolutely. Yes. Yes. And with that test, it also talked about energy level, which definitely impacts also your intimacy and that kind of stuff. So Dr. Jason, I would love for you to tell our audience more members more about the temperament test, how they can um, contact you. Oh, and okay. before we go to other topics, but just since we're on this, you yeah, wow. you have to flip yeah. ahead well, and talk about that. Thank you so much, and uh, it's it's a really awesome assessment. Um, it came into my life back in 2012, and ever since then, I've just been the biggest advocate for it. Um, it has become the basis, the foundation of my of my counseling practice. It is something that. I believe and I trust in, I, I, I actually believe the report more than some of the clients because, you know, they could be telling me one thing and I'm looking at this like, uh, that, that's, not, 
<laughs> that's not how you really are. You know, take off the mask. And, and what this temperament uh, test does is allow me, allow them to remove the mask so that we can really get to the core issues. Um, I believe if you're trying to treat a problem, the best way is to pull it out from the root, uh, not just to cut it off because it's going to grow right back. So, you know, um, but it's a really cool assessment. It takes about 15 to 20 minutes to complete. Um, just a few questions. And uh, in return, I'm going to get some really detailed information about you. I'm going to get how you respond to um, your needs for socialization, your needs for control and power, uh, your needs for love and affection. And these are very crucial needs, especially when you're in a relationship to understand yourself. But forget about the relationship. You know, this thing is about self-awareness. It's about making you comfortable in your own skin. And I think a lot of us, um, not us because I'm okay, but there's a lot of people out there who really are not comfortable with who they are. Um, because of social media, we see these false lives, these images, and these things that are not, that look perfect, but they're not really perfect in, in reality. And we emulate that. We try to copy that. And, uh, you know, therefore driving a bigger wedge between who we are and who we want to be. So, you know, the assessment has really been just uh, life changing for me because it made me be able to look in the mirror and say, I love me. I love the way God created me. I'm perfect, fearfully, wonderfully made, and everybody else is. Okay, so where I'm, can they? And, uh, yeah. You can uh, you can go to www.edifycounseling.com to uh, look at the assessment and get more information or drop me a message, and uh, we can get you the assessment. And uh, it's great for kids if you're a parent. And uh, actually, one of the biggest um, number of clients I've been getting is from parents and, you know, kids today. Uh, there, there's something else, but uh, you know, just the lack of communication between mom, dad, and and kid is is really getting bigger and bigger. So um, this allows them to be able to communicate with them, to get a get a good understanding of what's going on inside of their their kid, uh, and provide tools for them to better communicate with them. All right, thank you so much. We're, we're going to take a short break to talk about our sponsor, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about intimacy in another form, intimacy with your higher power. Okay, now I would like to talk about our sponsor again, Gabrielle Chocolates and Confections. They are in here in Cape Cod, Florida. And I just wanted to let you know, they're right off of Hancock Bridge Parkway and they have a thing of sweet pickings. And at Gabrielle Focus is making a chocolate that is good for you, making a chocolate that is specialized for you. Um, she has these different, and if you go on to look her up and go onto her website, you can see the variety of pictures of how she formulates chocolate into whatever kind of thing that you want. Um, they've done it where I've seen them formulate chocolate in keys and hearts and big cookie formats. And the chocolate is European chocolate. So it's a very, very rich and pure chocolate. Thanks, Gabrielle. Chocolate's so much for sponsoring our show. Okay, so if you have any questions on anything we've been talking about, our call-in number is 188-627-6008. Well, Dr. Jason, yes. we've been talking a lot about intimacy with um, significant others, which is one of the highlights as a, a doubter, even as you're getting older, to connect with someone on a personal level. Mm -hmm. For a lot of us, um, there's also this, what we call spiritual intimacy. And I know it's something that you have a doctoral in basically, 
And it's something that's really close to my heart. Yes. In the sense of connecting with your higher power. Yes. 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 For me, um, I look at it as my higher power is inside me and it helps me decide what to do. It just, it's just, it's, I don't feel like everything's on my back, that I have to carry everything. What, what a beautiful God we serve where <laughs> um, we don't have to. Um, so many battles are, are fought on our behalf that we're not even aware of. Uh, mm-hmm. We have we have victory every day, so you know we gotta we gotta give it up to our our creator for doing that. Um, but I think a lot of couples uh, don't understand spiritual intimacy, or uh, meaning, uh, I think a lot of them look at at, at at the religion aspect of it instead of the spiritual aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, say if somebody you know, hey, opposites attract. Somebody maybe uh, you know have. Uh, be a be of a Muslim faith, um, or you know, Catholic or Christian, and just just a different viewpoint. And because of that viewpoint, it's, they just don't talk about anything spiritual. It's just whenever it comes up, oh, we don't talk. You know, we just we bypass that. You know, whatever she believes in that, I believe in that. And I think they're missing out. I think they're missing out on the on the true meaning of spirituality. Um, and and, and need to. Can you explain of, what spirituality means? Spirituality is 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 pretty much all around us. You know, it's about connecting um, with each other on a level. I mean, even if you may not share views, you can do things that are considered spiritual. Um, you can still pray together. Um, you know, you can you know you don't have to get into the doctrine and, and all the dogma of, of, of religion every time. You know, you can. Um, there's there's so many aspects of it that you can really do, but I think a lot of people get shut down. Uh, because they they have different religious views and um, um, spiritual spiritual I'm sorry spiritualism to me is is meditating uh, I, I've I've increased uh, over the past few years in fact I meditate for quite a quite a bit of the uh, morning of, I'm sorry most of the morning I'm spent in meditation and prayer and as and before I would just get up praying maybe you know read the word or something like that but um, and couples can meditate together you know that that's a form of of spiritualness that uh, you know, I think a lot of them, a lot of people miss out on, mm-hmm. and uh, and and sharing values, you know, believing in having shared values, uh, spiritual feelings about things, you know, what is your, what is your purpose in life, uh, the meaning of life, you know, these are spiritual questions that you guys can talk about um, instead of just arguing about you know whose religion is is correct. There's much more to it. Mm-hmm. And I do think um, I know when we were recently in. Costa Rica um, in such a beautiful atmosphere and in the rainforest, just sitting there together and taking all that in, you know, the beauty of nature and trees and um, seeing animals, just taking everything of your present moment in and being so thankful to even just be alive. There you go. It's a moving moving aspect. and it also helps in putting things in a different perspective. Because when you sit there and you're at your present moment and you sit there and you're just thankful for what you have, many times you don't get so wrapped up into all the pettiness stuff. Right. You know, um, and be so angry about this and that and, and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I don't know if you felt the same way when you've meditated or Another terminology is mindfulness, being in the present moment. 
Yes, yes, that that is very crucial. I mean, um, you know, you you just look outside and it's a beautiful day. You know, how can you not feel the spiritualness and and, and the calmness and the beauty of that? You know, you, there's so much that we just take for granted. Um, and couples, you know, who do that often find themselves dealing with more problems down the road. You know, um, you got to be able to communicate. You have to be able to connect and, and get past the differences and, and stop letting these differences become blockages, you know, that, that ruin relationships. Yes, definitely. And so also, um, as we're talking about intimacy, and we're talking about intimacy with your higher power, many times this also impacts and our, um, and we've talked about self-intimacy. Mm -hmm. uh, the other aspect is the emotional aspect within ourselves. Yes. You know? Yes. How can we, because I think sometimes we are uncomfortable in feeling. And we don't know, like when these feelings come up, what should we do? So many times we push them all down, yada, 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 and then it blows up later. Absolutely. Or we just we withdraw from everyone, everything. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Emotional intimacy is uh, that, you know, um, there, there's, I think there's a few um, components of intimacy that really need to be on the forefront. Uh, emotional intimacy has to be one of them. Um, I don't think we're, we're, we've ever seen as much emotional turbulence um, amongst society right now. Mm. So emotional. Um, from, from, from the politics, I mean, you know, our president posts something and everybody, everybody's just waiting to respond emotionally to something. And as, as emotional as we are, you know, when we're sitting behind our computer, Facebooking or, or blogging or whatever we're doing, you know, from, from the comfort of our home, we're not, we're not emotional, intimate with the people we're in a relationship with, the, the people right next to us, um, because we, we can't let them know. And once again, like I mentioned before, becoming, being vulnerable is, is probably the number one reason why people don't get emotional, why, why there's, there's a lack of emotional intimacy, especially in relationships, um, and uh, not having something to hang over your head or somebody to hang something over your head um, will not allow people to get emotionally connected. Now, from just counseling, you know, quite a few men, and, and in couples, you know, one thing I hear from a lot of uh, women that, you know, he just doesn't talk about anything. He just comes from work and not a few words. But this man has gone through hell today. He's feeling sad. He's depressed. He's anxious. And um, uh, he's not able to convey that, you know, and that, that, that's a problem. Okay, yes. And we actually have an online question from Christina D. in Dallas, Texas. And her question to us is, my husband is always looking at his phone, email, text, Facebook, shopping. It's never not in his hand. I feel we have lost our deeper connection. What do I do? Wow. You, you want to take that you first? Take it first? <laughs> oh, okay. You want me to take it first? Um, okay. okay. Yes. So I'll, I'll take the, well, the I'll take it the question. First, and then you can answer yes. So um, even in our household, because we both run um, our own businesses and that kind of stuff, we all have our phones. However, um, and the phones are important because of X, Y, Z. However, 
to create that intimate connection sometime is creating a certain space and a time frame when no technology is allowed. Yes. Whether that's at dinner time, whether that is, um, and it definitely, and I shouldn't even say whether it's at dinner time, definitely should be at dinner time because that's a time for you to eat and communicate and to talk and to, and to share your day. Um, another time is sometimes people have like, you know, we do business and we do all of this, but at a certain time at night, we just shut all the phones off. So you can connect with, with one another. Um, it's really important to um, not tell someone, just don't be on your phone, yada, yada, yada. It's not kind of how you should say it. Um, maybe another way of saying it, I remember I talked before about using I statements instead of you statement. Yes. Just saying, honey, I, and I, I always say you should start off with a pet name. Okay, so honey, thanks. <laughs> okay, but um, you should say much things. So saying it like, honey, I truly miss you. And sometimes when I'm with you, I just feel like I'm not connected with you. Yeah. So is there any possible that I'll do the same because I get distracted. I always say you do the same. I'm going to try to, when we're at dinner, not put my phone down because, you know, I just need to get away. And when we're at dinner time or when I'm talking with you, just put my phone down. Um, and I don't know if hopefully you can do the same. So you're not demanding that person to do the same, but you're asking them in a way that makes them feel, hey, she really wants to spend time with me. Yeah. It, yeah uh, Dr. It, Jason, from a man's perspective, yes. I, th I think that's great because uh, what you just said, because uh, asking in that way doesn't allow that man to get defensive. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. it's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's how you bring it to the table. table. So if you bring it, you know, uh, that way, definitely, he's not going to respond in a defensive way because uh, obviously his phone might be uh, the reason, um, might be the the, the financial, uh, you know, support. You know, maybe he's doing, a lot, you know. But I just got to think about. A, I'm just thinking about a couple that I had before in my office, and they brought this up, and I remember the wife saying, you know, he's always in his phone and all this, and he looked and basically said, "This is the first I ever heard you say that." Like, I've never heard you say that. Um, and it kind of goes back to, are we, are we really conveying um, what, we, what we want? Um, or are we expecting you know, them to read our minds? Because this was something that I guess she expected him to kind of just know he was doing, but he needed her to verbally say, hey, put the phone down, you know? Um, and he had no problem doing that. Now, one of the big problems that uh, couples don't, seem to really continue when it comes to communication is being assertive. Assertiveness is something that um, I make sure, if a couple comes in my office, I make sure they know all about assertiveness and how to be very clear and concise with the things that you want in a relationship. A lot of times in relationships, you know, you may start off in the beginning saying, hey, you know, this is the kind of stuff I want, but then you just start to accept. You accept things that they give you. And, um, uh, assertive statements uh, using I, I love those I statements. They work very well. Everybody, you got to try them. Stop saying you, you, you. Um, because when you start off with you, you automatically get that person like, okay, you know, ready. They have to defend themselves. Uh, I statements definitely eases into the conversation. But um, I would tell her to make sure she's being assertive, um, stating clearly that this is a hindrance, that it's, it's, it's making her feel some type of way. 
And um, if she has actually done that before, then, you know, what you mentioned as far as having set times where you, you know, between these hours, the phone is, you know, or, or maybe just starting off making sure the phone is not around when you have dinner, you know, around a dinner table, you know, phones go in the room or wherever, you know, just, just to start somewhere and build up the momentum. And yes, and I even had to learn that myself um, years later, or years ago, years ago, um, because your kids are watching you. Yes. And I remember, she was now in her 20s, but I remember when she was much younger, maybe a preteen or whatever, um, she said to me, you know, mom, um, you're on your phone, so why are you complaining about me being on my phone too much? Oh. And that made me realize that, hey, she's watching me, so... <laughs> You know, I'm running a business and all that, but then I had to, you know, make sure that when I'm spending time with her, when we're talking, when we're shopping, I'm really right, right there. So the other things as couples have to realizing that they're role modeling um, to their children how to have intimate connections, how to talk to one another, how to communicate, because they're watching too. You're right, and you know, we we talked about the computer. Um, you know, and I guess phones will fall into that, but phones, phones are really, uh, not intimacy on its butt, you know, in a lot of relationships, you know, just the, the phone is, I mean, you can literally do everything from your smartphone, you know, I mean, it's, you don't need an office, your phone is an office. So, um, I think, you know, the, the definitely increase of, uh, us falling over our phones has definitely, uh, made intimacy a lot more difficult for a lot of, uh, couples out there. Mm-hmm. Yes. One of the other topics of intimacy that we haven't really talked about that I'm sure you've experienced a lot with your couples is financial intimacy. Ooh, yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> finance, financial intimacy is probably one of the most taboo ones, I think. I think people just don't want to touch that. I, I um, But a lot of that comes from um, your, your upbringing. I know in some cultures, um, they openly discuss, I was talking to my, uh, I have family in Canada and they're like, you know, it's so different up there. They, they talk about credit like, on the first date Hey, my credit score is this, you know, my, you know, very open, very just, Hey, you know, how much you make, you know, here when I, when we're not, we're kind of, we feel like we're imposing, you know, if we ask those too many questions, but, uh, these are the type of things that you have to discuss because, um, if you don't think finances is a big part of relationship, Oh, you got something coming, you know? Um, so I, I respected that. I remember when she said that, you know, my cousin in Canada just really resonated with me. Like, wow, you know, things are really different. So um, it really depends on, 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 I guess, location and then what you've been through and how you're raised. And um, I personally have never been somebody who's been really comfortable discussing finances. It's just, you know, I kind of was taught, you know, keep it to yourself a little bit, but um, there are, especially, I mean, today you have to talk about it. You have to be able to communicate. And we see the couples that do this have more financial success. They have more to, to play with. They have more resources. So the couples that, that, that actually make emphasis to really work on financial intimacy, they benefit from it financially. It works. Uh, that should be the incentive. So once again, being transparent. That's when we get back to the word transparency. Um, a lot of people, you know, maybe they had uh, bad experiences in finances in the past and uh, they feel as though if they mention it, it's going to look bad upon them, whatever. But uh, I'm pretty sure if that person loves you and they're with you for the right reasons, uh, they're going to welcome this type of conversation. 
Right. And, and dealing with financial intimacy, I think also it's also the timing of when you talk about it. Yeah, sometimes people just jump into it when something is spent out the account or whatever. So when something just doesn't work financially and, you know, and they try to talk about it yelling and screaming. But it's setting time aside to have a little meeting to talk about finances, you know, and being upfront with it. So like you said, it's one of those taboo subjects that isn't talked about. The other taboo subject um, that isn't really talked about and is the sexual intimacy. People don't really, they expect it in a relationship and um, sometimes people's feelings get hurt or whatever the case may be. But yeah. sex and finance, no one, sex, finance and, and spiritual, no one really wants to, to talk about those things, but all those things impact relationships. Absolutely. Um, you know, like I said, you, you have been uh, an integral component in my knowledge of intimacy. And, um, and because of it, I, I talk about it more with couples. And um, most of the men believe intimacy only deals with sex. That, that's when they hear that word, it's just, yeah, we, 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 you know, we're intimate. You know, before. I'm like, well, there's other ways you could be intimate that, that you know, you keep your clothes on. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, so I, that, that's my experience is in that a lot of people just don't really comprehend or understand what intimacy is about. And they just uh, automatically connected to uh, sexual. Now, the component. And, also, and not all sex is, is intimate. No, no, it's not at all. <laughs> and so that was, Put that out there. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say, you know, um, if you are able to get intimate with your partner, um, in, in, in a sexual, I mean, as far as when it comes to sexuality, um, it will heighten the actual experience of having sex with that person. Um, mm -hmm. To connect with them on that level and to, once again, become transparent and, and talk about, you know, I mean, you know, people don't want to want to talk about past relationships when you're in a, a new relationship, especially when it comes into terms of sex. But um, just being able to connect on that level um, definitely just heightens the whole experience um, and actually pulls, um, what do you call it, um, you know, flows over to other aspects of intimacy within a relationship. Um, if you can master one form of intimacy, um, you know, and that's what I think a lot of people should do. Take one at a time. Don't try to do everything overnight. Um, as, as, you, as you're able to master that form of intimacy, it will spill over to another form. And you can just keep going until you just build a real solid relationship. Okay. So... Since she just mentioned that, what if you've your person out there and you say, you know, I don't really feel connected to anything. The higher power, person, family, where should they start? Well, um, unfortunately, we I think we're seeing a lot of that in society right now. I think we are seeing a lot of disconnected. Um, and, you know, when, when somebody gets disconnected, it's because um, they they feel as though they don't have uh, the family members to speak with. They don't have the friends. They don't have the support. Um, and a lot of times, these individuals, once you get to a point of being disconnected, you it's really hard for you to really get help. It's really hard for you to accept that you need help because you think everybody else is disconnected and you're connected. Um, 
I think I think family and I think friends really need to start looking out for these individuals and and and, and um, intervening at some point and and doing something maybe making a call uh, to somebody who will you know sit and talk with them but of course if somebody really feels disconnected I, I think the best thing to do is to speak to somebody um, who's a professional um, because once you fall in love with yourself you know and that's what counselors really that's what we do we help people just see the beauty in themselves and um, see the beauty in life itself. I mean, I just, I get up in the morning and I get gratitude for being able to breathe. Like it's the little things, you know? So once you really start taking people back and, and, and open up their eyes and giving them a different perspective, uh, it really helps. It makes a difference. Now, you know, some individuals, uh, you can do everything you can. It's just, they, they're still going to feel disconnected. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I think everybody is, is uh, salvageable. I think everybody can be saved and pulled back from that place of disconnect. Yes, because in reality, and I think, well, what you've been talking about, because um, you said a lot in this world right now, a lot of people may be feeling disconnected and, and stuff. And I think of all the um, mass shootings. Oh. And when you study these individuals, many times they are aloners. They're just not connected with anyone. And when you think how we entered into this world, we entered in being connected. Yes. <laughs> to to um, our mothers. Yes, yes. Literally just that physical connection. And yeah. that starts that, that bond of intimacy, of being connected. And somehow through life, and many times we cannot say what life's going to bring us, but... Um, we get disconnected. A lot of cords get cut, 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 cut. And sometimes you're feeling like an island out there by yourself. But that's not how we're designed. So if you're like that, I truly, truly would say definitely um, seek help because um, that's not how life is meant to, meant to be. And there's many of counselors, um, different organization, churches, groups that can help you um, feel that connection. Yes, yes. The, yeah. You know, the church definitely is always going to be an outlet. Um, you know, you can always turn to the church to, to you know, for somebody, you just, sometimes it's, it's, you just need somebody to talk to. You just need a different set of ears. Mm -hmm. uh, not somebody who's going to look at you and then, you know, know your past and make a make a judgment off what you're doing today based off your past. And and I can understand why some people can't go to the family and friends because of that, because they knew how you were before. And um, so it is it is good to get a fresh set of eyes, a new perspective, somebody else to uh, to hear you out. You know, sometimes that that makes a difference in itself. Mm -hmm. And definitely having a good support system. Um, we are born into a family situation. But many times we can choose our friends. And friendship intimacy is, is very cool because it's someone we choose. Um, yeah. And Dr. J's definitely been a good friend to me. <laughs> so yes, yes, I think it's important to, like you say, to have strong connections. Absolutely. Friendship is, is one of those those ways of, of having that. And if you're a young person out there and you're thinking I, you're on social media and you have you know, how many followers, I don't know, 5 million or whatever, <laughs> 200 followers and all these people are your friends. That's not really friends. Yeah. Because friends 
when we talk about intimacy, we talk about it, not only do you feel it physically, but it's body, mind, spirit, and soul. It's that strong connection. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing when, it, when it's working on all levels. It, it definitely uh, invigorates us and it makes you, gives you a little boost of energy, you know, when you're connected intimately with somebody. And um, it's like, Today, everybody's a little too sensitive. Nobody can agree to disagree anymore. I, I see the littlest uh, conversations turn into heated arguments because nobody respects each other's opinions or whatever. Everybody's so defensive. So uh, we just all need to take a chill pill and, and relax. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, and that's hard for a lot of people. I think our world has become more anxious. Yeah, so, so, so yes. Yes, yes. But relaxing is very important, especially for a couple, but also um, in knowing yourself. Yeah. And knowing self intimacy and, and relaxing and taking time for yourself um, is critical because I think many people do not do that. Not at all. Yes. Not at all. Yes. So, um, do you have any final tips for our audience about everything we've talked about? Um, yes, I do. Um, I think, I know, now I think that intimacy, as we talked about, requires energy. And we are constantly in search of energy, but a lot of us are searching it through sport drinks and, and coffee and all kind of uh, unnatural ways. So um, I'm really big on um, making sure I'm very, I'm energized. And that's through the food we eat, uh, making sure we're drinking enough water. Uh, 70% of our body is water, so we got to be consuming that. Um, and you'll notice what, what will happen is it, when your energy levels increase, your levels of intimacy will increase. It, it's a direct connection. Um, you can only give what you got. You know, If you're running on low fumes all day and you're eating junk food and all this, when you come home to that woman or you come home to that man, uh, you think you really have the energy to have a conversation about intimacy at that point? It's just, no, you want to go to sleep. And then you just go on and, and it's a continued cycle. So I noticed me personally, once I got up and I, I changed my morning, uh, I, I used to just get up and start the day. Now I go for a little jog, a little run. I have more sustained energy. I can engage in conversations that I normally would be like, ah, just leave me alone, you know. Um, and, and I think I think some of us are missing a, a very key component uh, as to why we need to take care of our bodies and make, make sure we eat the right foods and and, uh, you know, do the things that we need to build up our energy, because it really will translate in the way we communicate with the people around us. Yes, thank you so much. And I'm glad you mentioned the part, of course, about the health part of um, drinking water and working out, um, which Dr. Jason's always working out. He motivates me. And so. <laughs> Try. Definitely. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes. Every time I don't want to go to the gym, I said, oh, he's already there, so I need to give myself. Oh, yeah, definitely. I do that for you so you can see I'm there. That's the only reason. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Jason, so much for being on the show today. Um, yes, and for sharing. And if you definitely want to um, take part of the temperament therapy, which is great. You can take it for yourself or you and your partner can take it. Um, you take it. Dr. Jason will talk with you or meet with you. 
and go over the results and help you guys combine and be a better couple for each other. Yes. So definitely contact him. Yes. Yes. And thank our sponsor, Gabrielle Chocolates, for um, being a sponsor of the show and for believing in us because what we're trying to do is bring intimacy back to, to us, to individuals, to people, but definitely bringing intimacy back into your life and making your life better than what it was. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Dr. Jason. Take care, guys. Thank you. Okay. Thank you.